You know what other? You know what else? Mourinho can an anagram is an anagram. That one. Uh, I moron. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like to stick with that one. to our latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. I'm Scott Weeby. And Graziano Pella. You are oh. not Graziano. Who oh. are you? Oh, I got him on my I got him on the mind. <laughs> it's Brian. <laughs> Brian Jesco. Graziano Pella. That he's he's gonna definitely be discussed a bit on today's show. A bit more than he already has been. Lots and lots of news with Graziano Pella. The um, the big news, though, I think we should discuss first. Yeah. Our website's getting going. Yeah. yeah. It's getting going. All right, for website. It's a little boring right now. It's not finished. Sure. Uh, some design elements that still need to be introduced. But uh, fantasysoccerfc.com is running. People oh, can go there now. Running. Man, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. You can listen to all of our podcasts there, and you're also going to... Especially once the season begins, get lots of original content that you will not get here on the podcast. Along with predictions, uh, absolutely which will be fun. Fantasy so soccer can, lineups. People can mock us. We can mock each other. When Scott mm-hmm. thinks that only three people are going to score more than twelve goals, I established last week that that's not the truth. <laughs> but I get your point. But things like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. A absolutely. funny comic strip. We can we Ooh, can no, try. No, there's to... not. I don't think that's true. Are you going to write a comic strip for no, the website? No, no. This just in. Blogs. We might have some. Oh yeah, definitely. Some humorous columns. blogs slash uh, columns. It's gonna be all. It's gonna be old Garfield comic strips with. <laughs> we'll recycle. With, yeah. inst- we'll take out the the text of the original one and put in stuff about soccer. <laughs> that sounds actually really not a bad funny. Idea. <laughs> <laughs> Garfield, but with soccer. And then we we'll have to spend work. the next two weeks trying to figure out who John Arbuckle looks like. <laughs> Scott's mind is racing at this moment. This is a possibility. Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, there are some, you know, copyright infringement. No matter what, it's more exciting news than than anything that happened in the Euro final. Oh, Ryan. All right, let's just go ahead and go there. Let's just do this. Okay. Yeah, is that how you guys want to go? Yeah. All right, fine. Euro 2016 has come to an end. Which is sad. I, it I, is. I love. Yeah, I thought it was a good tournament. Uh, Ian Dark thought it was horrible, but I thought it was. He a thought good it was a horrible tournament. tournament. He did. He said it I was one of the that. worst Euro tournaments he's ever seen. Really? Yes. Interesting. And I don't know if it was he was it was soured because of kind of how Portugal kind of grinded through games mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and kind of won in a uh, you know sort of like a Baltimore Raven. Oh. A style bo- of football, like when they won the Super Bowl, with just defense. with a crazy defense. Yeah. Some may some may think of it as boring or or annoying. Yeah, no. It's, listen, if you're a, or stupid, if even. you're a growing American soccer fan here in the U.S. and you are as in like people that are getting taller, not taller, literally growing, growing, oh, 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 growing. growing in your love for the oh, game. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, of right, soccer. Right. Uh, and you're watching this tournament, which I'm, I'm hoping that many people watch sure. the tournament. I think ESPN got some really good ratings on it, which is great. Watching the tournament, watching a final like this is not exciting. No. In other words, I felt like, you know, you're watching, let's say you're watching the, uh, the Belgium-Wales game. Mm-hmm. 
and it starts off and just you know ends up being three one. But there's action, man. That was a great game. Yeah. Then you go to this game, yeah, where it had its moments. France had its moments to score and win this game. Uh, this game had a lot of, even though there weren't a lot of goals, it did have a lot of drama and things in it. With uh, Olivier Giroud in the lineup, you could get a lot of close chances. You know, you're going to get a lot of Always half chances. Going to get some good mm-hmm. half chances. <laughs> At least four or five offsides. Sure. You're well, you have get to be, those. you know, trying. You yeah, know, if you're not sure. getting offsides, you're not trying, Brian. Yeah. Well, I don't know that that's how the manager feels about so, it. So, Cristiano Ronaldo. Yes. Probably, if not the biggest, the second biggest, hand in hand with Messi, name in the I thought you were going to say annoying soccer player. Sure. He is very annoying to a lot of people. He is probably annoying because he's very arrogant. Mm. But is he more shirtless than... He's always shirtless. Is he more or less shirtless than Alexis Sanchez? Oh, man. Alexis keeps it in-house for the most part. I mean, cameras... We'll tell you a different story, but Alexis usually Alexis keeps us in the usually locker room. Is stripping on the field. Yeah, yeah, right. right like right. when he gets in the shower, he'll take off his jersey when he gets in the shower. Of maybe course. take a selfie in the shower. <laughs> Who wouldn't do that? Though? Sure, but Ronaldo. <laughs> listen, as much as we might dislike Ronaldo, and Brian says I love him, but I don't. He do is, you love him? No, I yeah. don't. He's a fine-looking man. He always he, says. Dave always says, "Drink him in, boys." <laughs> Drink him in. <laughs> what? He's just I've never standing said that there. Before, it's but like I might a start. <laughs> it's like during the during the anthem. There's Dave mesmerized the TV. Drink him in, boys. Drink him in. What the heck, Dave? No. <laughs> Scooting away from the cat. From him on the couch. So Ronaldo finally gets to a a major yes. tournament final. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's thirty. One, I think, 31 slash 32, real close. Getting near the twilight of his career. He whiffed on a ball earlier in this tournament. Like, this is probably his last... He'll probably play in the World Cup. But this is maybe the last major tournament where he's playing close to his prime Ronaldo. And in the seventh minute, he goes into a tackle. A very light tackle. There wasn't a whole lot of contact, but his knee kind of moved in a weird a way. Buckling. Yeah. It kind of buckled a little bit, almost like a little ACL. Like sometimes you'll see a, a guy in football, American football or basketball, kind of make a cut or move, almost like a non-contact, and you see their knee move in like a little weird way. And just that little movement, you know, mm-hmm. you know, like we've seen it before. Yep. It's a bad deal. He, to his credit, he tried for another 15 minutes. He went out. He went off two times and came back yeah. on two times. Yeah. Anyway, so he finally sat down around the twenty-third minute mark, and uh, and when he did, um, you know, he 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 sort of started crying on the field because he knew he yeah. knew this was probably his last chance, yeah. and uh, he probably didn't feel great about his team's chances with him no. sitting down. Is that when the moth flew onto his eye? Yes. Did, did, did <laughs> I think that was the, fir- I think that was I the first time. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was the first time. So weird. Because then there, at one point, there's like a slow motion shot of him sitting, and yeah, the moth is just fluttering right in front of his eyebrows. It was awkward. It's so weird. Yeah, it was really weird. What does that mean? It means something, there's right? There's an omen there. So anyways, bottom line, um, he goes yeah, off. Yeah, there definitely is something. <laughs> Ronaldo goes off. And some would say that Portugal then just took on a bigger... Team identity. Team identity. Because he went off. There was no need to feed Mm -hmm. their star talisman 
player, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so then uh, it was interesting to start watching Portugal start grinding through and chance France having chances and uh, Rue Patricio Super seven saves and amazing he saves. wouldn't let Portugal lose and his seven saves uh, and then <laughs> Brian, it wasn't the underneath side of the. No, it was. It no, was. It was the underneath side of the bar. That free kick is that what you're talking about? Well, that was Portugal's. No, but uh, oh, okay. France had one that hit on the inside of the inside interior yeah, post. Yeah, on the post. Mm. Uh, and and deflected out. So that that post shot and Patricia's seven saves were France's eight chances to score. Uh, Eighteen shots, seven mm. on target. They don't include the one off the. The, the bar, but they should. And so um, it, uh, it, it was, you know, it was disappointing to a lot of people because yeah. France was a better team. France was a better team for large stretches and of the game. You know what? In sports, sometimes the best team in a one-game playoff doesn't win. As I said on Twitter, sports aren't fair. Evil sometimes nope. prevails. If mm-hmm. we played every game on paper, the best team would always win, but that never happens. That's true. And it would yeah. be weird to have that. And it would be. Any comments paper. about how Cristiano turned into an assistant coach? Apparently gave an impassioned halftime speech. Hmm. And then on the sidelines at the end, getting in the way, oh, trying to, I mean, not really, but it seemed like he was seemed, shoving his manager out of the way. Although the manager, I think, shoved weird. him at one point. It did seem a little weird. I don't know what to make of it, though. As one person I mean, said to me. If you're the captain... And you've you've been yeah. the, the star player think, for a long time. I think time. that's called LeBroning. It definitely was LeBron. That's a good call, Brian. It definitely was LeBroning. I mean, you, I know how much you love LeBron. I do not. Yeah, you do. Yeah, no, it's, he definitely did. You know, I talked to uh, someone who um, had, you know, grew up in Switzerland, played in Basel's youth academy, and he said the level of disrespect that he witnessed there, getting in the way of the manager. At the end of that match, shoving Raphael back out onto the pitch when he had gone off injured, just to get try to get him back out there. Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was a little like it was, come it was on, uh, like chill out. It was it. Some interpreted it as a desire to still be in the spotlight, even though he's not on the pitch. Like he couldn't take mm-hmm. not being on the pitch, so he. Now, that's had a pretty to, cynical view, I think. But he, he, he did want up. it. He wanted to win, and that you, you respect that. But uh, it's unfortunate. And, and as far as the, the tournament as a whole, you know, it's hard because international finals tend to just be dull affairs. They tend to sour the ends of these international tournaments because you end up just getting two teams kicking the ball back and forth uh, and, and few goals. The best matches usually are earlier in a tournament, like you were referencing Wales and Belgium. And, it, and the problem is, you know, we had a three-day build-up to the final, and, you know, we had three days in between the quarterfinals and the semifinals. And... It's been a week and a half since the quarterfinals, and I've kind of forgotten how amazing they were. Yeah. All I remember is this final, and I barely remember you know, the magic of Northern Ireland and uh, of you know Wales and of uh, all these other smaller countries winning games for the first time, yeah. Albania and like all these little countries in the group stage. Hey, you've completely forgotten about them by the time you get to the end. I poo pooed Portugal when they beat Poland in the. In the quarterfinals, I said on the pod they got lucky, like mm-hmm. they got, and then which I which wasn't went, wrong, which wasn't I wrong. wasn't wrong, and then I said if they somehow beat Wales, yeah, it will like I'll be sh- I'll be shocked. I, A lot of people said that, yeah, and, and, and they, they did. did, 
And, and it, was what? A, it was and their first they, win in regulation, too. And then too. they beat France. Stupid yeah. Aaron Ramsey, and, stupid uh, yellow hair, yeah, yellow Scott's, cards, Scott's yellow jerk. Scott's rule of, I love accumulated yellow cards. Let's get the deepest <laughs> team out there and play. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. I completely blame you. No, no. Oh, good, good Scott impersonation. Yeah. <laughs> sure. It's true. Ramsey's absence, though, made the it difference. Hurt. It, it definitely did. So, anyways, uh, yeah. the don't Euros you, are over. Don't you look forward to the day when Ronaldo and Zlatan are competing for the Manchester United like manager, manager job? Position? Ryan. I thought you were going to say for the over you know in New York for the Hudson River Derby MLS at the end of their careers. <laughs> New York, New York FC versus the New York Red Bulls. It's going to who's going? Wait, you think no, that come on. Ronaldo's LA Galaxy guy, right? I mean, he he'll he'll finish his career in, at the LA Galaxy. I don't know that he'll even come over. He might just retire at Real Madrid. No, By the way, if I'm Real Gal- Madrid, the Gal- Galaxy will give him. Fifteen to sixteen million per year, probably. Yeah, he's he's getting a good chunk of change now. In four years from now, he might not yeah, be. I don't know. I have no idea. Who knows where MLS will be in four years' time? They've made it twenty years. It's, it's only true. I'm not get, saying they're going to disappear. Yeah, like, I'm just saying, I know this whole system with designated players and all that. I don't. Who knows where that? I, I hope that goes away by the time Cristiano Ronaldo could take advantage of it. I really do. Beside the point. I want to say one more thing about this match. If I'm Real Madrid or a Real Madrid fan, and I see Cristiano Ronaldo going off hurt, and then he's coming back on twice, I'm furious. No Real Madrid fan could be happy with Portugal's no. handling of Cristiano Ronaldo's injury. Well, listen, was Portugal handling him, or, Brian, was he handling Portugal? Um, it was very Zlatan-esque. Yeah, it was, only Zlatan's knee ligaments obey. <laughs> exactly. If you ever question, Scott, you want to mm-hmm. see the power of Ronaldo versus the oh, power of Zlatan? Ask if, yourself who goes off with knee ligament injuries. Uh, who if Dimitri Payet would have shattered into a million pieces right there on the pitch. <laughs> Let's see what happens when Lee Cattermole gets on the same pitch <laughs> yeah. as Zlatan and see what his ligaments say then. All right, we've got a few Premier League signings from this past week to discuss. Uh, we'll discuss them generally, but also in the context of fantasy soccer. We, so, we haven't had enough yet. We've had a few. We've had a few. Talking about these will be okay, but I want some juicy ones, man. I want some I want some, some fire. We are just over one month out from the start of the season. Nine days to Arsenal's preseason starts. I see. The, the most important preseason date of the year. Four weeks, almost four weeks to the day yeah. till the season starts. I know. Very excited now. It's going to be a long English four weeks. Premier League season, August 13th. Oh, can't it wait. will be a long four weeks. <laughs> it's going to be. But this podcast will help bridge that gap for you. In fact, we have already been planning our uh, two-part season preview. That's right. In August. I'm excited about that. Stay tuned for more details on that. All right, so let's get into these signings. We will begin with West Ham. The midfielder Gokhan Torre signing from Besiktas. A on loan. I mean, is it is it a loan or is one it one year it's a signing, contract? Right, one year loan with a with a full contract now, option at the end of the first year. Perfect. This is a player who. He is at age 24, five foot nine winger, Turkish descent, mm-hmm. and in his born in Germany, born in Germany, more more uh, Erzul. 
his younger years, <laughs> his younger years, he was at Chelsea, yes. 2009 to 2011. Hmm. Under whose guidance? Well, at the time, mm-hmm. uh, he got called up or right around that time as well, around 18 years old, to the Turkish national team, mm-hmm. where he was under the guidance of none other than one Goose Hitting. Ah, we love Goose Hitting. Brian, what you, listen, anytime we can bring up Goose. As soon as we mention his name. We can never name, get away from Goose. We nothing, both looked at Brian. Nothing is more, nothing is, is more important to this podcast than <laughs> Goose Hitting. <laughs> And his affiliation with all of the with the Turkish national team because we're going to keep running into players who are who are being talent developed from there, the German German born Turks who yeah. end up with related to Chelsea somehow that is then directly related to Goose City. Can you do the Goose falling down sound for us? Goose. When he got knocked when over. When he got pushed over, over yeah. Oh, I can always... <laughs> <laughs> But I'm just wondering. I'm looking at this, right? Yeah. So West Ham makes a signing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it probably won't be a real heralded signing. Doing some research, like, this guy's pretty good. Sure. Uh, I was curious to see that he was just on loan instead of a true signing. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering... If maybe there weren't some reasons for that. Uh, like his stability. Well, he does have uh, he does have temperament issues. Okay. Uh, ESPN FC is a really good article that I know Brian, you read as well. Yeah. Uh, they I think it just they just published it yesterday. But yeah, he's definitely had some legal issues. He, he's uh, his guy's had uh, some tragedy in his family, and so he doesn't have a lot of close family. Close guidance there. Mm, uh, there's a really good story about how when he got hurt, his teammates, you know, even though he's a bit of a locker room pariah at times, his uh, his teammates all met him at the airport because, and the reasoning was he didn't have any family to show oh, up wow. there with him. Uh, but he is known for having some legal issues. Uh, at one point, there were um, relationship struggles. Maybe a teammate who, or, or a friend of a teammate who was hitting on a girlfriend, and so he and a friend rushed into their hotel room and. And uh, essentially, legally kidnapped them at gunpoint in their Le- hotel legally, room. Legally, you can legally. Kidnap well, I'm someone? saying no. I'm saying like the the law would call it kidnapping, even though he basically had them get on the floor and he held them at gunpoint for a, a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, did so, he did he teach them the proper lesson? <laughs> well, I don't know, but uh, there yeah, was a really I think that was kind of the. Whole, I think that's what he was really trying to get at by right. holding them at gunpoint. Sure. Like, natural, don't, like nat- don't do this again. Natural consequences. <laughs> this is what happens. But they're good now. Yeah, they yeah, put sure. it behind them. But they. One yes. reason how he ends up there though, Slavin Bilic. Slavin Bilic is the one manager who's credited with being able to guide him, to mentor him, and uh, and so now he's coming back to West Ham, and it's possible they want to kind of wait and see. This is going to be you know entirely new country, new surroundings. Uh, for him at West Ham in England, bigger stage. They said in there that despite one of the things they said was was interesting for somebody who is such a, a spark plug. Mm-hmm. What a dumb term. <laughs> no, but somebody who is who who has a lot of those has seemed to have a lot of those issues. Had only one red card yeah. in three seasons or oh. something like that. Yeah, so no, somebody who is able obviously mm-hmm. to to manage it. So I'm sure the the change of scenery and 
the new you know playing for West Ham in a in a, in the new in a, in a, in a competitive uh, yeah. in a very competitive position for that team should be interesting. He's got to yeah. be excited to be back with Billich too. Assuming that was a two-way relationship, well, which it seems like it was. And he was at Chelsea before, right? So he's familiar with London. Yeah. So yeah, that's, right. that's probably, you know. But for West Ham as a whole, it's I gotta keep be a looking safer at this not team. Living in Turkey. Maybe so. <laughs> uh, for this for this entire yeah. squad, I look at this squad and there's not there's only one player on their squad that I look at and say he's got to be in the lineup. He's irreplaceable. Yeah, every other squad. Mark no, Noble. Every other yes, that's the one. Uh, for Winston, Home Depot's Winston, work schedule, Winston, he is irreplaceable. Winston Reed, Mark Noble, Brian, locker room dad. Absolutely. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Mark Noble, the locker room dad. That'll be a really good one later on. Whenever he's, whenever he he's and Billich are locker room dadding, <laughs> Gokhan Torre. Oh, good call. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. In fact, breaking news: Gokhan Torre is actually staying with Mark Noble as he gets integrated back into the West London life. Now you're now you're just spreading lies or, or rumors. Uh, but I I don't know. We we ended up settling on. We had a really hard time. We were all over the map last year with West uh, West Ham's midfield. You mentioned it, Brian, a little bit just a bit ago. You know, we settled a little bit on Antonio at the end of the year, Mikhail Antonio. But Lanzini got some some publicity. Obviously, we all played Payette. Um, I'm talking about in addition to that. We every, Just about every name in that midfield, at one point in time, we were discussing whether or not we should play them. It was just so hard mm-hmm. to figure that out. I played Antonio. Yeah, because he, he scored in like six consecutive games at one point. Or he was, cooled or off. was scoring yeah. almost every time they played at home. Mm-hmm. It was like a guarantee yeah. that he was yeah. going to score. You're, yeah. No, you're right. But they had a lot of players, who Scott, who could play there in the midfield. Torre is one of those wait-and-see fantasy soccer yes, I signings, agree. I think. Wait and see how often he plays and how well he does when he plays. Uh, and so we'll see we'll see how that how that goes. I just I just think West Ham, I kinda wonder if they're gonna be able to do it again next year. So, uh, do like be in the top like be in the top again? seven, six, yeah. Exactly. Depends what Andy Carroll they get. Well maybe so. If you get hat trick Andy Carroll, Brian, a couple You're times not a year. Losing. You're not losing if he scores a hat trick every game. Um you might be right. Especially with Aaron Cresswell at the back. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. They got some good players, man. They yeah, do. they do. They, they have a few. Uh, all right. Middlesbrough with a signing. There might be more to come, too. They're, they're trying in this transfer window. This week, though, they announced the signing of goalkeeper Victor Valdez. Victor Valdez. You want a little, little background on Victor Valdez? I would love a little background, Dave, on Victor Valdez. Scotty's uh, age 34. Yeah, he he's is. six foot tall, which let's be honest is a little short for a goalkeeper. But taller than Ospina. Taller than Ospina, who is vertically challenged. Uh, Victor Valdez, he's Spanish international, uh, started with the Barcelona Youth Program in 1992, debuted for the Barcelona C team in 2000, played with the Barcelona First Team 2002 to 2014. If you can't do that math, Brian, that's 12 years. I wasn't even trying to do it. 2015, signed with United, sort of as a backup. Yeah. Things didn't go well, though. Because I believe he came in to assume the starting position. That was when Real Madrid and United were doing this weird David De Gea. You take him. No, we want him, but you take him. So De Gea ends up staying. Valdez ends up being the backup. 
Sergio Romero was also there too. So Valdez was not happy, so they sent him out on loan to Standard Liege. And then he is back in the Premier League this season with Middlesbrough, which I think for Middlesbrough is probably a decent signing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's obviously someone with experience, a ton of experience. He won six La Liga titles, mm-hmm. three Champions Leagues, a 2010 World Cup, and a 2012 Euro Cup title. That's like it's impressive. He, there's probably not a more decorated goalkeeper out there still playing. Right. Um, 34 is not crazy old for a goalkeeper. No, no. There's a lot He's of goalkeepers got, that play well. Yep. So it's going to be interesting to see. He could easily. Sweatpants. Oh, man. Sweatpants Karai. is 40. I wish that guy would get a chance for in the league. <laughs> yeah. He'd be a perfect Middlesbrough backup to Victor <laughs> Valdez. That's true. I'd watch, I'd watch those FA oh, Cup matches. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I, I think this is a, a good signing for Middlesbrough. And this is a signing I think that probably, for me, might have fantasy relevance as I'm looking at. Hmm. Goalkeepers. Let's say I, I want to go with a more expensive goalkeeper, and then a, and you know, <clears throat> there's different ways you can look at, at filling out your your fantasy lineups. If you're doing a a cost system, which which most of the time we are referencing, and that is, do you want to spend your money on a high uh, dollar goalkeeper, and then have a because you, you only carry two goalkeepers, mm-hmm. and then have a cheaper goalkeeper. You have two kind of middle of the road goalkeepers, or maybe you don't put money there at all, and have kind of middle of the road in one lesser goalkeeper, but with Middlesbrough, uh, and I was looking at their schedule, uh, their schedule isn't horrible starting off, um, and Valdez will be their starter, and I'm just saying there might be a chance that he's at least worth a backup spot. He will be, in my eyes. What am I doing right I now, I wish Dave? your head made a noise. What I am I doing Scott's right now? head made a creaking Scott's, sound. What from, am I doing right now? No. Scott's creaking head, which, which no. is good. The Middlesbrough schedule. Does it matter? Home Does to it? Stoke. I don't think it matters. Home to Stoke. Yeah. They're going to Away get at Sunderland. Mm-hmm. Away to West Brom. Home to Palace. Away to Everton. Home to Spurs. Those last three are going to where it really gets difficult. Those first three, I'll grant you, are mid-table at best clubs. But I'm not going to start a prom- I'm not going to start a promoted club's goalkeeper well, to start I, the season. I didn't say start, though. No. I said, but you carry him. Listen, uh, sometimes it depends. But on But he who you still have. has name value. We'll have to see what the value is. He might not be as low priced a backup fantasy backup. I bet he's going to. I bet he's going to be near the seller. I mean, it, come on. Does know. anyone expect him to carry many clean sheets? Probably not. No, no, certainly not. And that's exactly why I would steer clear of him. I feel like. I mean, I haven't done the research yet to know what what keepers I would I would look at. But I've got to think there's going to be better backup value somewhere else. I want I, even if it's not a, a better keeper, but on a better club. Maybe. Carl Darlow. Your point is well taken. It's a depends. good keeper, no, no, sure. maybe a bad club. It I just, would look for the other way around. It just depends on where you want to spend your money. Yeah, that's right. And you know, obviously, their one goal will be to stay up. Their mm-hmm. one goal will be yes. to get to the forty-point mark, as Claudio Ranieri made us aware of this past year. The magical mark of 40 Are Le- Leicester 40 there points. yet? Like, I know they were trying to get to 40 points. Have they gotten there yet? <laughs> did, that, did that happen? So anyways, no, I, I think, um, I think especially early on, Victor Valdez will have more fantasy worth than Gokhan Torre. That would be fun for our preview show to, to debate that sure. backup keeper and how, how you handle that. Do you go with a better keeper on maybe a lesser well, club? Or I think a we're going to have different opinions. Those, and it, yeah. just, it just depends on where you want to spend your money. So. Tottenham did a little bit of business this week. Actually, it's about to be finalized, but uh, they uh, 
secured the rights of Vincent. Is it Jansen? Janssen? He's holding Janssen? the jersey, man. He's holding Transfer the jersey. Transfer complete. Hey, breaking news. There that just is. happened this morning. Vincent Janssen. Are you going with Janssen? I think it's Janssen, probably. Janssen. Okay. All right. Maybe. Von Sant. <laughs> Listen, Scott. I don't think no, he's that's French. Uh, no, Scott, not we typically don't know how to say things. But when we do need to know... Brian's our guy. Brian's our guy. But we've, so, already, we've already used up his how to say quota yeah, somewhere else. No, I know. <laughs> Vincent Janssen. Yeah. Boy, did we ever. I'm going to go with that. Vincent Janssen. No, you're, don't, Dutch, don't, don't go with that. <laughs> Dutch descent. Age 22. 5'11 striker. From AZ Alkmaar. In, from the, uh, the Netherlands mm-hmm. League. I can never say this right. Say it, Scott. You, Edder, you got that one. Eater Eredivisie. Eredivisie. Thank you. Listen, um, he's Listen, I feel like Alkmaar always has strikers. Like, strikers yeah. are always going in and, and leaving there. Okay, yeah, and the guy that we'll get to in a moment was there as well hmm. at some point in his career. Teaser. But Alkmaar, 49 appearances for them last year. It's a lot of appearances. 31 goals. He also won the 2016 Johan Cruyff Trophy, which is the Talent of the Year. That's important. Award. That's a good award. Yeah. No, those gold good. numbers are inflated. They, we've seen those strikers you've referenced Just come through. <laughs> That's right. Um, the, you, know, you can't say 31 goals in the Dutch League is going to translate to anything close to that necessarily in the Premier League. He could be very good. He could be. He could be a quality. It might transfer to player to ten goals. I mean, which would not be a terrible listen, number. That would be a great for number. Oh goodness, if they to got be 10. available to take a few games away from Kane. That's exactly right. And so that's, I want, that's the story here. Right. That's the story here. Is what does Janssen do to Harry Kane's value? Nothing. I don't think he does anything. In fact, I think it'll only help him because it'll make Kane more efficient. I mean, Kane was playing every single game they had last yes. year because they had no one else. And to when play. he didn't, i.e., the Europa League quarterfinals against Dortmund. It, they tanked. This so guy is him. going to be a buffer. Spurs fact, need him. But I think it's going to be make him even more. You do? Yeah. Okay. In, in the Premier League games because this guy will be playing some cup matches. He's going to take a few games away from from Kane. Uh, specifically, maybe non-league games, cup matches, you're saying. This might give him the option, too, to be subbed in. Now He's not with, just going to be an Okazaki to, to Harry Kane's Jamie Vardy. I don't know. He might start. I mean, it, that's not the formation Spurs they play. Spurs have Champions League football this year, too. And so he could. we could easily yeah. see Janssen playing in some league matches, which you know, there would be another example of the Champions League affecting someone's fantasy value in the Premier League. I, I With the Champions League football plus this signing, it just makes me hesitate to say that Harry Kane is the number one fantasy player in the Premier League. Some people are saying that going into this next season. Yeah, I wouldn't He's say had that. two great scoring seasons, which is what you need as a striker. And he because there's no backup, really, yeah. there hasn't been to this point. Son maybe was the closest thing to a backup there last year. He was the one on the pitch, and he was the one scoring the goals. Yeah. Now, he he's going to have to benefit from this signing by being fresher, by being uh, kept out of the cup matches by you know with Janssen starting. That's going to have to happen for Kane to have as uh, productive a year as he did last year. It just makes me hesitate 
on making him my number one pick overall. Sure. Like, I maybe would still do. I, I don't know. I have to think about it a little bit more. For me, this it makes me pause. It. No, I get it. I get it, and I can see that. It wouldn't make... It probably wouldn't change my mind. Like, if I'm in a draft, and I got the second or third pick, still going or fourth pick, and he's You're going to hope he's there. Yeah. 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 I haven't thought through who would be number one instead, but I know Harry Kane... It would Aguero. I mean, Aguero would be there. Absolutely. I don't know. My hesitation there is the uncertainty with a new system and a new manager. I don't know. And competition now with, I mean, Nolito and Nacho. Aguero is going to start. You know, what what but... striker hasn't sucked for Guardiola? Or has sucked? Like, it doesn't happen, right? I mean, yeah, I know. They, they, I know. they score. I mean, they, they're worth points. It's true. Just saying. It's my true. opinion. Yeah. Yeah, Aguero could be up there still. If he can stay healthy. Well, it's time to move on to Southampton. A couple of items of business were conducted this week by the Saints. Let's talk about the outgoing business first. We've already referenced this a little. Yeah. yeah. Graziano Pella. Former AZ Alkmar. Really? <laughs> I remember Striker. That. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. He, he, played, he played for them 07 to 2011. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And now he's going to China. Shandong Luang. I think uh, I said that right Close. There. Probably. Luneng. Luneng. Is there two N's in there? Graziano Pella, who came off a pretty good Euro tournament, right? Is yeah, that fair? Yeah, he stood out for yeah. Italy. Yeah. No, he, he, he did well for Italy. He scored more than once. Yeah. In Until one match. last year. Didn't he have a brace in a match? Well, that's have. not true. The last two years he played for Southampton. Mm-hmm. Last year, 30 appearances, 11 goals. Until he started playing for Southampton two years ago, I never knew who this guy was. He now is tied with this podcast's favorite player, at least two out of three, for the highest salary in the world as a footballer. This is nuts. From Shandong Luang. Graziano Pella and Zlatan Ibrahimovic getting paid the same amount. Only short to Ronaldo, Messi, Hulk, and Neymar. Hulk also Hulk's playing for new. a Chinese. Yeah, I was going to say, four yeah. of those Hulk's are the best strikers in the world. The other two are getting paid by China. The Chinese are throwing down yep. their dollar bills. And they're finding players who will take them. And if you are a 30-year-old Pella, where do you, and someone offers you the fifth most money in the world... I get, I'm pretty sure you're going there, right? Uh, wait, what did you say? Uh, Thirty-one billion dollars. <laughs> I'll need to talk that over with my agent right quick. Where's the pen? <laughs> he doesn't talk like that. No, I don't think that one even got to pill. I think the agent was like, "He'll take it," because um, the agent wants his. How cut. much did you say? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Good. I mean, crazy. They listen. <laughs> Shen Dongwing also signed. Pape Sisse from Papa Sisse. Newcastle. Yeah. Much smaller fee this week, but they just got a strike force. <laughs> they did. They really bought one. They literally bought one. Yes. And are looking to finish. I kind of want to start tracking the... the I know they're not called box scores, but I kind of want to start tracking the box scores for these Chinese <laughs> Super League matches just to see what... There's a part of me like, that <laughs> expects Pella. Like, if he's not scoring, like, five goals a game, I'm going to be disappointed, right? He's not going to score I mean, no one does five that, right? a game. But is his 20. Hair, 
overall. Is his hair so sculpted at this point that he doesn't wash it at all? <laughs> Do you think he's had so much product in his hair, Brian, over time yeah. that like it just stays there? Like it's yeah, impervious like it's, to like water. The only thing that he I mean maybe he washes the sides, but that top sure. the top yeah. move, whatever he's got going on up there is so Plastered that it's just that it just is that now. Yeah, no, it's a great point, and I and I don't know. I I feel like it should be tested. Hmm. I, I was thinking about this. <laughs> I was wondering why are we taking this so seriously. I was w- basically you'd have to sit next to Pella while he's sleeping mm-hmm. to find out, sure. and like a, <laughs> and then poke sure. him awake. <laughs> yeah, like a little kid yeah. waking yeah. him up, touch his head. So, is there a chance that Shandong? Thought they were getting the Brazilian Pele. No. And not Graziano Pella. They're getting the Italian Do you Italian think in the Pele. translation there was just a, like the that L? Is, that is so got lost. Ins- insulting <laughs> to the great people's Republic of China that they don't I'm know. I'm just wondering how, that's why. That maybe that's they why. They don't know how to read English. I'm just wondering. Brian's trying to keep Italian you alive right now. I'm just wondering if that's like. Oh, it's so funny. Just lost in translation because they decided to pay him the fifth most. Incomed, make him the fifth most incomed footballer in the world. Just, just there's wondering. No, there's no answer. There's just no wondering. Answer. I think you should look at other, other <laughs> famous, old, Brian, old soccer players, and then current players who have similar names that are off by like one or two letters, and then exp- and then we'll I see. Thought you I was can start tracking it. Diego Maradona. Who's Diego Costa? Exactly. Yeah. It, listen. Those Diego, things, Diego. They don't have it. Translations. <laughs> those those well, things don't have it. happen, man. It can happen. Uh, but they did sign someone. The Saints did sign someone. They did. Uh, brought in a little bit of business. Oh. I. He's got a hard name to say, Scott. As soon as I saw this name, I thought one of two things. Yeah, sure. I thought we need to talk about him on the pod. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it needs to be done in the context of how to say with Brian Jack. Mm. I mean, he hasn't even played a, a game. Hasn't even been in an official lineup yet, and we're giving him the honor of how to say his name. Well, I feel yeah. like it's steep. Well, a lot to live up to. Yeah, whatever your name is, he's got pedigree. I think he'll. Uh, I right. think he'll be a guy we talk about a couple of times during the season. Well, seems like it. Ryan, let's turn it over to you. You want to say how to say? Sure. You want to do a how to say thing? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I demand Bjork. <laughs> Bjork. <laughs> I don't care that she's from Iceland. I demand Bjork. <laughs> is it the B with the, All right. with the yeah, J, the, DG, the yeah, Y the sound? Or, yeah. yeah. I'll do my best. I uh, can't guarantee anything, but I'll effort it. As far as the How to Say segment has gone, <laughs> this one is going to be up there for me. <laughs> by going to be, I mean lodged like a porcupine quill. <laughs> and by up there, I mean... Somewhere between my upper nasal cavity and the point of where the corner of my eyeball meets the bridge of my nose. It hurts, is what I'm saying. As you guys obviously know, since you've been paying so much attention to Southampton all season, why wouldn't you know? Of course you know about this guy. Of course you know they signed a new midfielder. 20-year-old signed a five-year contract, officially ending his time in the Bundesliga and officially forcing us to look at yet another name that has multiple J's in it. <laughs> Not in his first name, though. Pierre-Emile 
Oh, wow. That was easy. easy enough. That's easy. But Pierre Emile isn't from a country that accepts easy enough as a language. Answer. <laughs> Are you Pierre Emile? I, feel, I felt a little French. No, he's not. Oh, okay. He's from Denmark. Oh. I know this may sound controversial, but from my admittedly limited experience with Scandinavian languages, I have a theory. <laughs> my guess is... This is so dangerous. That a thousand or so years ago, as various Germanic peoples were marauding all over Northern Europe, each of the various tribes knew that their particular language was confusing. <laughs> and so, as, as happens when battles are won and lost, uh, when what usually happens to the conquered, of course, they end up having to adopt the victor's language. I just don't think that those people were fighting so much to expand their territory. I think they were doing it to play language tricks on their neighbors. I think all of the countries banded together to play the meanest trick on Denmark, which is how we ended up with Danish. H-O-J-B-J-E-R-G. You want to know how you can tell if you have a pronunciationally challenging last name? You can't make an anagram out of it. <laughs> For pronunciation, the J's are pronounced like Y's. So you have, if you look at it in two parts, you have hoy up front. But the Danes will always get you. That's what you've always said, Scott. I'm starting to believe you. You don't pronounce the G at the end, so you get beer. Hoy Pierre. Hoy Pierre. Pierre Emile Hoy Pierre. Hoy Pierre. I wish I could give specifics as to the why the B J E R G at the end is pronounced the way it is, but all I can really say is thank you to a, it was a, a Bayern Munich fan <laughs> forum where a Danish fan gave a breakdown of the pronunciation. <laughs> Your newest to Southampton midfield sensation is Pierre Emile. Hoy bier. Hoy bier. I love how this segment takes Pierre you to the Emil. far reaches of the internet. Hoy bier. To be able to do this. Thank you, Brian. Yeah. The, way, the way the Thank guy you. said it, yeah, you're welcome. The way the guy said it, it's it's uh, like the hoy in ahoy. Okay. And then uh, the I E R R E of the word of the name Pierre. So you would say it as hoy bier. Almost like be- a, how like many a Pierre, but a B with B. Yeah, with a B. Okay. How many British announcers are going to pronounce that G? That's going to be the drama for me this season. Hoybierg. Uh, the well, if that's they the thing. To our so pod, they'll learn some things. So, so most of the German, like Arlo? the German pronunciation, well, the Germans because they're pronouncing his name obviously as he's playing it. You know, but when he was in any interviews that I saw of him, they're yeah. almost always pronouncing it with almost all letters. Yeah. Sure. Because they don't Bjerg. listen to our pod. Yeah. Now they know. Or they're lazy. That's not true. I don't think that's that's the, last, yeah. the last <laughs> thing I would ever say about the right? Germans. I don't think they're lazy. No. All right. Well, I think he, he, he might just be another dude in the Saints midfield. Or he could stand out. Time sure. will tell. He, he, you know, he comes from Bayern Munich, as you mentioned. Another crowded midfield. This yeah. seems to be... A high-priced signing for Southampton, who rarely yeah. spend for anything. So, it might be you know this for, for Southampton. This is a, a Stephen Davis, Todich, yeah, Oriol 
Romeo, mm-hmm. James Ward Prowse, Jordy Classy. Yeah. Yeah. All midfielders Tottich, for Southampton. Tottish has fantasy value. Yes. And there's some there's a little bit of unknown again because you're dealing with another new manager there. Right. What's the research? worst that they get? What's the worst they get? It's a it's an amazing depth. What, what type in your research? What, what type of a midfielder was he? Was he a, a holding midfielder? Was he a, um, he a in quotes a number in quotes a number ten? He kicks the ball maybe to his teammates. Does he use his head with the ball ever? Does it, he? He didn't do. I mean, as far as his, I mean, he didn't do much. He, score, he didn't, he didn't much, do he much, much scoring, and Bayern. he was yeah, and he didn't play much for Bayern, yeah. and then he's on loan the last two seasons okay. with, with two. He was two different places. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, time will tell. All right. Well. Well. Good. Well, there's one club that uh, was talked about more than maybe any of these others, but didn't actually seal the deal in any business. I'm talking about Manchester United. A uh, lot of lot of discussions going on. A lot of they didn't lot of seal quotes. the deal on any business. Well, not on the the major rumor that's out there regarding Paul. Oh, Paul Pogba. That major rumor. Yes. Roger that. We heard a lot from Pogba's agent, but no no pen to paper so far. It seems like something that's going to happen. It feels inevitable that it's going to happen. I know. That's what scares me. It's going to be so good for the league. Pogba coming to United. Why are you so okay with this as an Arsenal fan? Because... This doesn't come from the Arsenal fan. This comes from the part of me that believes that the Premier League is the best league in the world. It's the part of you and this backs that it up. knows you're watching 10 matches a weekend and you want them to be as good as possible. Absolutely. I get that. I, get I, that. Want, to, I want there to be fallout in the world of Messi and his dad and all the tax stuff. And I want him to end up at Chelsea. I want Pogba to end up at United. I'd love to see Arsenal land Julian Draxler and maybe, you know, Iguain. Iguain. And anyone else. I want to All see. All the players. Yeah, I want and to see. And Graziano Pellet comes back from China. <laughs> He's he, a striker. Arsenal are interested in him. Oh, man. He gets 32 million billion. <laughs> million billion. <laughs> From, you you from see Aston my point, Villa. yeah, and, 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 and he's listen, as great. an Arsenal fan, I mean, this kind of listen. I'm, um, not that this is a college football podcast, right? This is not a college. This football is not a college. But yeah, I am a, an Ohio not. State Buckeye fan, which probably just made half of the people listening <laughs> upset. I get it. But it makes listen, me upset. Michigan, Michigan has been bad for for many years. This yeah. year they're going to be very good. They're pretty good last year. The Which, Big Ten yeah. as a conference is a lot better when Michigan is good. Ohio State is better when Michigan's good. Sure. The Premier League will be better when United is good, when Chelsea is good, when City, when Arsenal. Listen, there was we need to have teams in the championship in the Champions League in semifinals playing each other. We need to have Chelsea and Liverpool from, you know, playing each other to penalties in the semifinals of a Champions League match. I mean that Eight years ago, that was happening. Yeah. Right? That stuff needs to happen. And my love for the league, and I'm the con- part of me that is convinced that it is the best league in the world, I want to see the best players there. Yeah. No, that makes total... Uh, that's, that's good. That's a good... That's a good... That's a good speech there. That was really good. Impassioned. I like it. And you're not wrong. Uh, I, I would argue that uh, there's a separation between Champions League uh, status and Premier League status. 
that that you can have one without the other. And I think the Premier League has become the deepest. I struggle to just say best league in the world. I do think Spain is up there, but they're definitely the deepest league in the world the Premier League is. And they've done it at the expense of Champions League football in the last few years. Uh, I think that with the stars coming, I think that they're coming knowing that they also want to play in the Champions League, and I, I think it could improve. Last year, there was a great sense that the bottom half sort of caught up to the top half a little bit, as especially indicated by Leicester's yeah. title-winning season. I get the sense with some of these high-profile signings in the in the uh, among the elite clubs yeah. that the top half's going to start to separate out again. Like, okay, it well, we acknowledge you caught up last year, but now we're going to get back out in front yeah, again. Yeah, no, it might. And the the big money, the big money's making a difference. Yeah, just like China's throwing the big money around and getting players that you're like, yeah. why would you go there? Well, Pele's going there because he's getting paid, right? Sure. But United's doing something similar with Zlatan and potentially with Pogba and then, of course, with Mkhitaryan yeah. uh, last week. Again, the one link, they all have the same agent, which is pretty... I know, it's amazing. Surpri- I mean, but I was thinking about this, and Dave, I know you're going to have some opinions. Brian, this is going to this is gonna make you uh, interject as well. We see Jose Mourinho. We saw what happened at Chelsea. He won the title. He won the title at Chelsea. And then left last year and left that club ragged. And now Jose Mourinho is signed by Manchester United. And if there's one thing Louis van Gaal did well last year, it was playing the kids. Now, out of necessity because of injury. But he brought up some of those kids from the academy system. I mean, no no one more uh, more clearly than Marcus Rashford benefited from what Louis van Gaal did last year. But now you have Jose Mourinho coming in. He doesn't play kids. Mm -mm. He brings in superstars and wins with the same uh, like 13 players yeah. all season long that's what he does he runs those same superstars into the ground to win now then he leaves with nothing left behind at the club and that's what's going to happen here now he did say i know he ahead, wants Brian. to change that he did say that zlot if you take zlatan and marcus rashford and combine them yeah and and <laughs> because and that's how it works average their age they are the perfect striker yes <laughs> so what he means is i have two half strikers which doesn't actually yield one striker in a, in a, in a football match but i have a very old man and i have a <laughs> tiny baby I have the perfect ridiculous quote. Human That's being. so ridiculous. It's perfect. But I here's think there's so. two two conclusions. Number one, I think that makes Manchester United players those who do find favored status with Jose Mourinho great fantasy plays because they're going to play every week because he doesn't vary much in his starting lineup. So it's gonna it's gonna be great for fantasy owners who uh, are willing to play Manchester United players and and don't have a rule about that out of principle like I do. However. The other question that came to my mind, and this is where I want you guys to come in, is what is the definition of a good manager? Because so many times a good manager is someone who comes in, strengthens a club, makes them great while they're there, but also leaves something behind. He doesn't do that. He comes in and burns the place down, takes everything out of it that he can, to some success, no doubt. He wins trophies. There's reasons why he's getting jobs, but then leaves nothing in his wake. Before I answer that question of what I think will be makes a good manager, mm-hmm. uh, I want to say this. I think, and I am not a Jose Mourinho fan. I never have been. As an Arsenal fan, you know, you don't have to read into that too much, right? <laughs> right. And he's not an I Arsenal think, fan either. I think this last season with Chelsea, he's never been run out mid-season. Hmm. His team. 
the same players that won the title the year before were 15th in the table when he left. And he left. He didn't even make it to Christmas. He didn't even make it half a yeah, season. he had no answers. And he got kicked out. Yeah. I think that was embarrassing. I think it might have been eye-opening. And I wonder, I just wonder, if things he doesn't start changing his tune a little bit this year. And I say that. 2009, he's a manager, enter. He's in an interview. Someone asked him if he'd ever want to manage in England. And he said, I would only want to manage at United. This is before he went to Chelsea. Hmm. Oh, no, no, no. I take that back. He'd already had a stint at Chelsea. He was at Inter. In between, sure. Someone asked him about, I think it was about the United job. And he said he would he would only go there if Sir Alex Ferguson was gone. Kind of showing him respect. Sure. Showing Ferguson respect, but saying that he had an interest and he respected the United job. He finally gets that United job. Uh, and I'm telling you, I'm just wondering if he doesn't maybe have... Listen, he might fall into the same old habits, but I think he probably sees like Pep Guardiola sees and some of these other managers see the big money in England that's there, the money to spend on players, and I you you just wonder he loves London or he lo- he loves England, right? He's managed at Chelsea twice, now he's at United. Sure. It's a destination job. Where do you go up from there, right? I mean, yeah, I mean he's. But he also has to win now, which is why he's bringing in top There's no shelf doubt. players. There's no doubt. He's seen and two other managers I'm just not do it. If he doesn't figure out a way to still bring in his players, which he's done, he's only brought in two so far. Yeah, yeah really yeah. three. The defender by but Bae, they needed yeah. help there. So, anyways, I just wonder. And listen, United had some dead weight they could cut loose. Yep, and they are. And they, probably gone. Yeah, so is Schweinsteiger. Yeah. And so, anyways, they had some dead Rojo, weight. Perhaps. I just wonder. If maybe he doesn't change his tune a little bit. Can you teach an old dog new tricks? That's the question. That is the question. Now, when you challenged me to say, hey, what does a good manager, what makes yeah. a good manager? Well, it wasn't a challenge. It I, a- in my opinion, came up with seven. I demand <laughs> that you tell me what makes a good manager. Yeah. David. Yeah. He said that, right? I, I never said came that. up with uh, seven qualities that I think make for okay. a good manager. This is great. Uh, number one. Can we can we compare these to Jose Mourinho as well? Is that is that? Well, we'll, we'll give him a, a rating at the end. Okay, great. It's with Mourinho great. in mind. No, no, the, 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 no. Just no, general no. qualities. General qualities of a manager. Seven. Of Managers them. named Seven. Jose. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> number one, an eye for talent. Okay. Number two, uh, ability to develop talent. Ooh. Okay. Number three, game. Or, uh, or a tactician, yep, a coach, yep. like this training good, ground. Good list, yeah. Uh, number four, a game manager. Yeah. Subs, game time decisions. Sure. Uh, number five, and this is not in an order of importance, uh, a leader, someone who commands the room, mm-hmm. uh, someone who people can follow. Number so six. So far, Cristiano Ronaldo could be a manager. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Number six, controls the locker room environments. In other words, you, can, could be a you can be a leader. Right, uh, but yet if you don't have a handle on the temperature of your locker room, uh, I I think that's a quality that you need to have. That's good. Yeah. Uh, and then good signings. Number seven, good signings. How are you in the transfer market? So those okay. th- those are my seven uh, kind of qualities that I think would make for a good manager. So, so where do you think Jose Mourinho lands on that? You, okay. Scott, All right. What do you think? How many uh, out of seven? 
do you think Jose has and what doesn't he have? He doesn't have the ability to develop talent. That that he well, if he does, he hasn't shown it lately. I would agree with that. Um, he definitely didn't do that at Chelsea, to be specific. Uh, I, I would say I'm he not sure he's done that good, anywhere he's been. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Diego I'm trying to be generous, but yeah, I think you're right. Remember when Diego Costa threw a substitute penny on top of it? <laughs> yes. Wow. So that vote. actually speaks to another one, though, and that would be the, the locker room. Yeah. I'm not sure he's great with the locker room environment. No, I, I don't. I think he, that's one thing he's lacked in his time at places is he, I think it, really he just doesn't care. He just, you know, yeah. it's business is business. And at Chelsea it was okay because for the longest time John Terry filled that role. Sure. He needs other people. He, the, the good news is for him especially is he does well when he has people who are strengths to his weaknesses. Sure. And when John Terry was able to command a presence in the locker room with his talent on the field, uh, he was he, that was okay. Frank Lampard as well. Frank, oh, that was a that's probably yeah. even bigger than John yeah. Terry. Frank Lampard. Lampard leaving, yeah. maybe did more damage the, the, than anything that first, else. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then the question is, who's going to be that guy at United? Is Wayne Rooney capable of being that guy for him? I don't think so. I don't think so. Not at this stage. I don't know. It, it's yeah. So I I gave him a five out of seven too. I I gave him a lax. Uh, lacks de- the development of talent, in my opinion, and then controls, you know, a lack of controlling the locker room. But I feel like we might be onto something here. You want to Because know, if Rooney can't do it, no one else will. Michael Carrick is he's gonna have to, not. Are you kidding? He's going to have to lean on Zlatan. Brian, who he's controls the locker room? Zlatan. The second he walks in. Is that a good thing? He goes to the door. Is Zlatan controlling the locker room at United a good thing for United? As long as you have some person... When Zlatan looks down, looks down next to the locker at Rashford, and points his finger <laughs> at him. You. What do you think? Rashford's trembling. You know, he's like, "Bring me my porridge, <laughs> young man." Why does Zlatan? <laughs> Never mind. It doesn't matter. Um, do you know one you forgot? No, I didn't. Uh, tell me, uh, tell this me. is an uh, odd, is oddly a... unrelated but weirdly related. <laughs> sure. Uh, what you can anagram his name as? Jose. Yeah, do you want to know what you can anagram, what a Mourinho, an anagram of Mourinho is? I'm dying to know. Wait, no. I honor M.U. I think we could have seen that he was going to Manchester United. (laughs) That's amazing. I think it was something... I think it was something more <laughs> more so good. I think it was something more <laughs> cosmic there at work. Wow. That's Although you it. know what else you can and it, you, this is so weird that I did this. <laughs> it, it was it was in regard to uh, to Hoybier. Sure. You know what other you know what else Mourinho can anagram is an anagram is? No. Uh I moron. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like to stick with that one. Oh, you man. never know which which one are you gonna get. It doesn't if you don't know. Jose Mourinho is a good manager. He is a as, good manager. As much as yes. I hate to admit it, but in a different way. But I, I still don't like him. No. Um, no. But he's unlikable. Listen, he's won everywhere he's been. He's that guy that no one likes, but if he's on your club, it's like yeah. He's a jerk, but he's our jerk. I'm, I'm not sure Man United fans like much this higher, but once the season starts and they start winning games and they're sitting back in the, near the top of the table, they'll be happy. I think they'll be very and happy. And I'd be, if it was Liverpool, I'd, yeah. I'd be happy too. Yeah. Guys, uh, can I give you another uh, history, club history? This yeah, oh, man. man. Let's bring it. I've got a few things about Watford this week. Mm. That Watford, I'd like to discuss. the team who. 
Listen, they finished 14th in the table last year, I believe. 13th. 13th, 13th. excuse me. Excuse Which me. Which is very significant yeah. to what I'm about to say. Yeah. I mean, listen, that's impressive for a team. You would think, right? In their first year in the first flight. After being promoted. Yeah. Finished 13th in the table. Because, Scott, if you're a promoted team, if you're Middlesbrough this year, right? Yeah. What is your goal? This to season. stay up. Just 17th to stay up, or right? higher. That's stuff that you're saying. Yep. All you want to do is stay up. If you're coach, Brian, it, Scott, if you own Watford yes. or Middlesbrough, if you oh, own Middlesbrough, if you own so Middlesbrough, good. yes, yes, and you finish and your team finishes 17th or higher, yes, are you happy with the coach? I am. I am perfectly happy with my coach. Aren't you ecstatic? Absolutely. For the, for the coach, he just so now the coach just kept us up. I just made a payday. Because I just stayed up. I know. And it's a bigger payday because I finished 13th instead of 17th. Amazing. And for most of the first half of the season, I'm in the top half of the table. Tell me I, about I Watford, fall Scott. down a little bit, but it's just a 13th. I am 13th in this table. Take me into Watford. Okay. Watford. Originally <laughs> known in 1881 as Watford Rovers. Then they became West Hertz. H-E-R-T-S. Then they became Watford St. Mary's. Then they became Watford in 1898. Wow. They had a lot of different uh, grounds that they've played on as well. But in 1922, they settled in at Vicarage Road, where they currently still play. They are known as the Hornets. They've got a few other nicknames too, but the Hornets are there, uh, is the one that has stuck. In 1982, they played their first season of football in England's top division. They've had a lot of yo-yoing in their history, back and forth, promotion and relegation. Very, very common, especially in the last 25 years or so. In 2002, those uh, ever-present provisional liquidators were almost called in. Mm. 2002. Uh, this is straight from the club's uh, history page on their website. Watford's players and staff saved the club from going into administration by agreeing a 12% pay deferral. How great is that? They all agree to take a cut so the club stays out of administration. They've got a celebrity fan, and not even just a fan, but he was a former owner and chairman, Sir Elton John. Wow. I demand at this point you change the music to this segment, Dave. Oh, man. Sir Elton John, sir. I, I can't argue with that. Uh, honky Cat. <laughs> honky Cat? Yeah. Okay. That's Elton John. Sure. That's Elton John's song. Okay. You don't question Brian's knowledge of music. I don't. Yeah. I don't ever. A couple of uh, managers that I thought we would be interested in, uh, former Watford managers. Sure. Uh, Brendan Rodgers spent a short period of time there. Mm. Sean Dyche, he keeps coming up everywhere Man. we go. Wow. Uh, he spent a little bit of time there as well. Obviously, they are now managed by Walter Mazzari. He is about to enter into his first season with the club because the owners are stupid. More on that in a second. Wow. The major rivalry for this club... They haven't been able to play him in a league match in nine years. Luton Town, currently in League Two. Hmm. That's their Doesn't main rivalry. Doesn't seem to be much of a rivalry there. Not at this point. They've been higher in the table, uh, the the league, um, yeah, the, the domestic uh, tables uh, than them in the last nine years. In July of 2012, the Pozzo family bought the club. I think it's Pozzo, P-O-Z-Z-O. Probably sure. Pozzo, like pizza. That's what okay. I assume. Mm -hmm. The Pozzo family buys the club. This is the same family that owns Udinese in Italy and Granada in Spain. So now they own Watford in England. They like to spread their clubs around. 
and they like to share players among the clubs. Really? A lot. If you start to pay attention, you'll notice there's a lot of business with Watford that's done with the other clubs Interesting. that the family owns. It's, either, it's actually rather annoying if you dislike the ownership uh, already like I do. So they like to shuffle the players around. Last year, as you pointed out, Dave, they finished 13th in the table. Amazing. A great result for a promoted club. Uh, really good. Really good result for a promoted club. It, contrast that with Bournemouth, who finished 16th, and they're perfectly happy with Eddie Howe. Sure. But were Watford happy with Enrique Sanchez Flores? Nope. No. What happened to Kike Flores, Dave, at the end of last season? They let him go. They let him go. And more specifically, they sent him out. They sacked him. Sacked him. Like, you, like as if he was ugly. As in like, but he's not. As in like putting a paper bag on his head, they sacked him. You do not put a paper bag over the beauty that is Kike Flores and his oh, scarves. Mm -hmm. So dapper. He is so dapper. The handsomest manager in the Premier League sacked for a 13th place finish for a promoted club. Your reward... That makes no sense! Mr. Flores is you're gonna have to collect your things. Go back to our shows at the end of last season and I said immediately on the spot in the, in the height of my angst about this decision that I hope Watford goes down next year. Yeah. I hope I hope that the result of them not realizing what they had, which watch they'll probably get 13th again, but <laughs> I wished then and I still wish now that they go down. I want them in the bottom three this year. I want them to suffer for letting Kike Flores go. They're the, they're uh, your, my Lester. Yes, yeah. that's right. Right, right. That's right. I'm fine if Lester teams, goes down teams for you. Teams you could wish bad on. As long as Watford sure. goes down for me. Yeah. And Kike is the Graziano Pella's hair of manager oh, looks. Oh man. Just go look him up. He's a beautiful man. Yeah, sure. I'm gonna actually. I don't. Don't worry about it. Just go find us on social media, and I'll, yeah, I'll show you Yeah, it'll be on the. It'll be on the web page. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll make that happen. In my. In my anger, my my emotion, I wrote a limerick this week. Really, this is Dude, probably a bad idea. Listen, it's my understanding of limericks is it's never good to write one when you're upset, Brian. I mean, like this upset, Brian. Like, I'm. I'm a little concerned about this one. I've never done it. For, I've never written a limer limerick in anger before, yeah. Yeah. so I'm really curious. It's to good to see be emotional about it more, because it's it gives more you passion I'm curious limerick, to see right? what happens. Yeah. But to yeah. be angry, I don't know about this. Let's I hear it. Like it. Let's hear it. No club should be like Watford with that ugly yellow kit. It's quite a bit unseemly when your owner throws a fit. They fired Kike Flores, who had flair and big cojones. <laughs> Something about these hornets smells like. <laughs> yeah! Maybe I do like it good. when you're filled with anger good. and writing limericks. Good bleeping. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, yeah, we'll, have to, your bleep we'll on. have to clean that up. Consider it clean. Yeah. Scott, wow. Watford, bottom three. Yeah. I'm cheering for it this year. Wow. Sorry, Tredini. Sorry. Hey, Big is it weird that Odion Agallo has not been in any mentioned in any way? That is, as, that's a good he's point. He's never Ryan. even like not even rumored. It's almost like they for, not people even just forgotten or Granada. Not about not him. anywhere. I feel like his no, name has true. not even been mentioned in, in he, any rumors. Do you know? I, I think it's because he had such a, such a drop off in the, oh, the end of the, of the year. year. 
There was nothing. He not showed even, nothing in the second Not even year. Arsenal is interested. In <laughs> they should. They should be. Hang hollow. No, no. He's got to do it for an entire season. This, How many the, goals did he score? He scored. He scored more than twelve. He was on the list of twelve plus goal scorers. That's my point. But he did it all in the first half of the season. Who cares? I'll take that. He's I, one. I, listen. No. He's, he's one of the reasons why Watford is in thirteenth. If he, true. Absolutely true. Troy Deeney is a bigger part, but Igalo is the second biggest part, I would say. You're going to argue me on that? No way. Deeney was more consistent than Igalo over the course of the season. Igalo, we were not talking about Igalo. Igalo had big goals and big spots. Deeney yes. cherry-picked a In lot of PKs. first half of the season. Deeney had a lot of PKs. I'm just saying, if Igalo can prove to be a little bit more consistent all season long this year... You'll definitely hear about him. He was Maybe in, in January, but also top, definitely next summer. He was in the top 10 or 11, 12 ish of players scoring goals in the Premier League. To Brian's point, yes. Yes, he's he not rumored to go anywhere. Sure. That's I odd. Think, I think it's because he did so poorly. In the second half of the year. Yeah, maybe. Well, we'll see which one of us is stupid and which one is not soon enough. <laughs> is, that, is that how this works? Sure. Always. Always, right? Someone's always got to be right and wrong. Just kidding. All right, well, listen. This brings us to the end of our podcast. Yes. And uh, it's a good one. Listen, we're going to be having, uh, the next couple shows, we're going to be having uh, some previews. Yep. And we're going to be... Uh, discussing different... Uh, tweaking... Fantasy leagues that are out there. Our website. We're going to be discussing yep. different fantasy yep. leagues, different strategies. FantasySoccerFC.com. Yep. We're going to get content up and running pretty quick here. We're also going to be uh, working in, uh, especially on our website, our predictions. Oh, yes. Uh, mm. Our top four we're going to have. We're also going to have our three to get relegated. We're, each will have our own. <laughs> Scott, no doubt, will have Watford. <laughs> I probably won't have Lester, although I'll be wishing it. Uh, anyways, but that will be our... Uh, uh, you know, those will be things upcoming on the on you know to be looking forward to. I'm so. excited, and we're the ones putting it together. You can always find us on Facebook, Fantasy Soccer FC, and on Twitter at Fantasy Soccer FC. So, Scott, Brian, yo. Until there. next time. <laughs>